I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The CoLab, which is a member-led, inclusive global networking community for fashion, beauty, wellness, retail, and consumer luxury professionals. I'm glad you're back for season two, where we have more career stories. Every week, two members interview each other, so you'll get to hear two different stories. I hope you'll learn from these stories, listen to them, share them, and join us and tell your own story. Good morning. My name is Annalise Derouk, and today I'm talking to Anna Lerario Geller. She's the founder of 52 Showroom in New York. Um, she grew up in Brazil. She's married to um, fashion designer Robert Geller. They have three daughters, and Anna is a true pioneer in homeschooling and working from home because she moved to Portugal a year and a half ago with her family. Um, they're on a family adventure here, and um, yeah, she's been running her showroom and homeschooling the kids from here. Um, Anna? Hi, Anna. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy we are having this chat this morning. Um, you know, um, I met Anna first because she was my agent. And later on, we became really good friends. We actually live just a hop, skip and jump from each other um, in Portugal. So it's really wonderful to, to have yeah. this opportunity to talk about your career today. Thank you for having me. Um, I would like to start um, from the beginning, Brazil, your childhood. I know you grew up an hour and a half outside of Sao Paulo. I'm wondering, were there any early signs of entrepreneurship, creativity, a vision for your career grow growing up? Yeah, I never thought much of um, a career, but definitely I was a maker since I was very small. I was always making like things like friendship bracelets and paintings and figure out how to paint with chalk and I figured out that if I put hairspray on top of the chalk it would stay and I would go out on the street even though I was a really shy kid I would have the nerves to go on the street and like knock on people's door and sell those things that I would make and if I went for a walk in the woods I would collect pine um, pine cones and um, pines that you can cook they have this cooking pine in Brazil and I would would sell them to friends and to my family. Um, I have a funny story that once my mom, we had a big, a long trip that we we're going to take. And my mom went to the farmer's market and I got a lot of produce for our trip. And we had a little tent at home. And I put this tent in front of our gate. We had like this barred gate. And I made the fruit and vegetables really pretty in front of our door and I was probably like seven or eight years old so I didn't quite grasp the concept of money so I must have sold it for like peanuts and I basically sold everything she bought <laughs> <laughs> to the people passing on the street and needless to say she was really upset when she got home and all her shopping was gone <laughs> so yes to your question yeah, the commercial instinct is clearly there from an early um, age, as well as the creativity. Um, those kind of go hand in hand with you. Um, so what did you do after childhood? You went to fashion school, I believe, in Sao Paulo. Yes, I um, moved to Sao Paulo for, to go to university. And I was there. I lived with my grandmother. I grew up uh, pretty sheltered in Brazil, very close to my family. I uh, have two other brothers, lived with them until I moved to college to live with my grandma. And I went um, went to the big city, to Sao Paulo, to study fashion. Yeah. 
And I remember you telling me that you actually debated between law and fashion. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Because those are two entirely different fields. <laughs> yeah, that shows a lot about how my how my brain works. Um, I was I wasn't sure if I wanted to do law, international law, to be more precise, and fashion. And I uh, applied for both. I got accepted in both schools. But I decided to go for fashion because I it was um, it was new and it was unknown and I think the first fashion school in Brazil, which the school that I the school that I went, was only there for maybe three years when I when I started. So it just felt to me like an adventure. And I was young enough. I was 16 when I was accepted into the school. I was 17. Had just turned 17 when I started. I was young enough that I felt like if I did it for for a couple of years or even a few years, I could still um, reapply for for law school and do that. But I never went back. <laughs> was your family supportive of your choice? Yeah, they were super supportive. There was um some family members. There was like some jokes going around and and some poking me, but all in a friendly way. Everybody was everybody was supportive. I'm sure they weren't. Um, they probably thought that wasn't the right choice at the time, just because unknown it was unknown, and that in my family there was no um, like art, art um, people in the art industry, mm-hmm. so it was all new to them as well. Great. Um, after fashion school, um, you ended up moving to New York. Um, another quite adventurous choice. Can you speak a little bit? about how that all ended up happening? Yes. My mom, which had a huge impact in, in, in my career, she had a store for like over a decade in my hometown. And she used to do part of her buying in New York and she used to take me with her. And I always loved New York. And I said that one day I wanted to live there. And when I went to fashion school, from the year one of fashion school, I've been saying that, I want to graduate. I want to live in New York. And when I get enthusiastic about an idea, it could be anything, like an idea or something that I like, I really talk about it. <laughs> and I think by the end of my college, every single teacher knew that I was going to live in New York, And even though I didn't have a clear plan. And by then, I didn't even want to go to New York anymore because I was really happy where I was. But I think I had talked so much about it, and people kept asking me when I'm moving to New York. That I'm like, okay, now I have to go. So my plan was to go to New York, study English for three months, which my English was really bad at that point, and then come back to Sao Paulo and open a store and have my own brand. And I just fell in love with New York. I got there in 1998. Um, I moved to Brooklyn Heights, and I was studying English in this, um, in this school downtown. And by the time when my my English classes ended, I got an internship at this small designer in in downtown New York. And it was a really eye-opening experience for me. I was very happy being there. I was independent for the first time in my life from living my whole life with my parents and then with my grandma. And she... I, I was there for a few months and she made a list for me. She's like, you should look for, she was my first mentor in New York. And you and I talked about a little bit about like what mentorship means to a young person. And mm-hmm. I think um, it had a huge impact in my life, the few mentors that I had in New York. 
So she made a list for me with all the, the places that I should apply for, for internship. And she categorized into one stars, two stars, and three stars. And one of those places had five stars, and it was Mark Jacobs. So, which I had just heard about the name, but I didn't really know what the company was. And of course, I did my research, super excited. I sent my resume to all the, the list, all the places that she wrote on the list. And at that time it was fax. I sent faxes to everybody. <laughs> and I got I got home one day and my answering machine was blinking and it was a message from Mark Jacobs saying that I had an interview. Amazing. So I got that um, I got that internship and I gave 110% of myself, not because I was eyeing a job or any of that, because until that time I was taking like um, a day at a time. I thought I was going to go back to Brazil and I still thought I was going to open my own store. But I, since I'm a kid, if I'm committed to something, I really go, I really go all the way. So I, I did that. And soon enough, my internship became, became a job. And I ended up staying there for almost four years. And you met your husband there as well. Yes. And I met my husband and I met quite a few really important people in my life. I met my, my boss at the time was Richard Chai and he was so wonderful for me. And he ended up designing my wedding dress and he was part of my wedding. And like a lot of my really good friends in New York, I met at Mark Jacobs, including like another really important mentor in my life Danuta she was um like, like I said a really important a really important person for me so that was a very changing changing years for me mm -hmm. yeah and at that time you know being at Mark Jacobs that was like absolutely the hottest place to be in New York so I can imagine that that was super exciting yeah it um, felt very special yeah I bet um, how did you go from being a fashion designer to then opening your own showroom? So after Mark Jacobs, I moved my my um, director at the time moved to be the creative director for Say Cashmere, and after uh, one or two seasons that he was there, he brought me with him. So I was the head designer for Say Say, the younger brand, and it was a wonderful job, and I learned a lot there. But he was very much less creative in in terms of the the job was very creative. But the way they sold the collection, it wasn't the same way they sold the collections at Mark Jacobs. Mark Jacobs, we created the collection, they sold what we created. At Say, we created the collection, they edited it down, and they ended up selling what they, they sold best, which was twin sets and capri pants. And it, like it made me really wonder, like um how you get a brand, how do you sell the soul of the brand, not just products? And I started working together with the Brazilian Chamber of Commerce and getting involved with the fashion, Brazilian fashion industry. So I started visiting trade shows to give feedback. And at that time, it became really clear to me like what worked and what didn't work for the American, for the American market. And that idea of understanding a designer, like selling the DNA of a designer, not selling just product, became really interesting to me. And I quit my job and I started working on the on the, a business plan together with one of my cousins. She helped me out with the number part of it. So I started 52 Showroom. 
And this was in, in 2004. And I had no experience. I'd never worked in a showroom before. I had never been to a showroom before. And I had four um, amazing designers that believed in me, believed in my idea. And I launched it with um, all the major stores coming in. And Julie Gilhart at the point at the time was a Barney's. And I she really she really gave me a vote of confidence. And she every time I had a new designer, she would come up. I didn't even have an elevator in my building at the time. It was a loft in Tribeca, huge loft, like 16 windows, amazing, but didn't have an elevator. And I'm like, I know it's going to be okay. <laughs> um, she would come up the stairs and take a look at every designer that I have and give feedback. She was, again, another amazing mentor for me for this point, this point of my career. And so this is how 52, 52 was born. That's amazing. I didn't know the story about Julie Gilhart. You know, she's always been one of my like iconic people that I looked up, looked up at um, so much. And I remember the first few times I saw her at shows and met her in showrooms. I was a bit starstruck. I think she's um, she's really been a great supporter of a lot of people in the industry. That's amazing. yeah, she is incredible. Anna, what would you say is the most extraordinary moment of your career so far? Like, was there a moment when you felt like, oh, my God, this is magical or things are really sort of falling, you know, pieces, the pieces of the puzzle are really falling in place here? Yeah, I think I have a, like I have one that I remember that was to me like a pinch me moment was one of the Marc Jacobs shows. We were at the Armory and it was at a show that he got all the supermodels to, to walk. So it was Kate Moss and Giselle and Naomi. And I was, I managed to step out of myself and look at me. And I saw this shy girl from a small town in Brazil, surrounded by all these supermodels inside of this gigantic place in this gigantic production and I was the person responsible for getting all those clothes done. It was such a small team. It was uh, Richard Chai, my director, and me and, and my friend Natalia that was doing men's at the time. And that was it. And I was really like feeling like I was in a dream. So that was... Wow. A, and I had another one that I was thinking about when I launched my brand, the Rario Beatrice, and I was also running my showroom. And I had a show and I was so nervous. I was always really nervous to every event, like birthday parties when I was a kid and um, any any sort of gathering that I had, it was really stressful for me. And I'm doing this fashion show and I'm not enjoying the process because I'm like, nobody's going to show up. Nobody's going to show up. And I put the whole thing together and all of a sudden people started coming in and all the editors and buyers. And I'm like, oh my God. Are all these people here for me? Like, I, I couldn't believe that was actually a, a success. That was like, it was another I'm dreaming kind of moment. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and then on the flip side, like, were there any sort of setbacks or a moment where you felt like, oh my God, you know, I'm doubting everything. And then um, if you had a moment like that, what did you learn from it? Yeah, I mean, of course, there are moments that you doubt, and I didn't. I can't think of really like a setback. I can think of lots of hard choices that I had to that I had to make. One of them was when I had my brand. 
and I was running two growing businesses, 52 Showroom and Lararia Beatrice. And I had one kid at that time and I got pregnant with my second child. And I was like, oh my God, I don't think I can do this. I'm really stretching myself thin and I feel like I'm failing both of my both my business and I'm not taking good care of myself. So I had to make the choice of stopping my brand. Um, and that was really hard, but I don't, I don't regret it doing it. Uh, it. It lived its course and I felt like it was, it was the right time to do it. And what I've learned from it is that it's okay to, to see when a company or a project has run its course. It's, it's, I don't see it as a failure. I just see it as a, as a end of a chapter. And that was a that was a good lesson for me. And this the same thing happened when I started my brand again. And then after that, I was like, okay, I I know how much work it takes to to start a brand. I don't think I'm going to do it again. I was like that jaded, the jaded old aunt with um, starting <laughs> new brands. And then an, an amazing opportunity came my way, and it was right at the time when we were planning to move to Portugal. And I was like, I'm going to start because the Portugal trip might not happen because we were super in the air. Do we go to Portugal? Do we not go to Portugal? Um, it was depending a lot on, on my husband's career and Robbie's career as well. And I started my brand and it was really, uh, I love the experience of designing again and Talking about being stretched thin, I was stretched super thin at the time. And Rob is like, how are you ever going to even like add another thing to your schedule? Because I already had three kids at that point and, and running my showroom and planning this trip. And so, but I, I decided to do it. I was waking up at five in the morning every day, sketching my collection until seven o'clock when the girls would wake up. He'd give them breakfast, send them to school, go to the showroom, come back, sketch a little more. It was like really like madhouse. But I did it, and I was so proud of the collection that I that I designed and uh, the photo shoot shoot that we produced. But then the Portu the Portuguese trip became reality. It's like, okay, now we have to make a decision: do we go to Portugal? Or we not go to Portugal. I'm like, okay, we've been talking about it. Let's go to Portugal. And I wasn't able to continue my brand, and that was also really sad. It's like I have to respect the. The morning process, right? I have to mm -hmm. understand that it's gotten to an end, but it was something that was just being born. So that was even harder for me to stop that brand than it was to to stop my first brand. But um, everything—it's funny. Everything happens for a reason. A uh, few months later, uh, six months later, actually, uh, we got hit with COVID, and so many of the stores that had placed orders for my for my brand went out of business and ended up being a blessing in disguise that uh, that I didn't continue it but it was a, it was a hard mm -hmm. was a hard decision and a hard process for me yeah that that is incredibly hard to birth a project like that and then have to let go of it um, it's funny that you you talk about the portugal adventure as a trip because i think initially it was meant to be sort of um, you know, a relatively short-term adventure for you and your family and to get out of New York and, you know, just have more time together as a family. Um, now it's been a bit longer than you had initially planned. Like, what do you, 
what's the plan? Like, what do you envision your your near future to be like? Yeah, the Portugal trip was, um, I suggested to Robbie at the time because I felt like our kids were growing so fast and our lives were really fast-paced as everybody's lives in New York uh, is. And I suggested, like, why what's the best way to slow down time than changing the routine? And why don't we take a year off and travel around with our, with our kids? We homeschool them. We spend as much time and get as close to them and get to know them really well during this time. And then we come back to New York and just slip back into our, our lives. And that was the intention when we came here. But then we fell in love with the place and we felt like a year wasn't enough. And then in January, we decided to stay longer, which was a very good decision because then in March, the whole COVID nightmare happened. And we've been here for now a year and a half. We're definitely going to be here for another year. And I'm taking one, one step at a time. I want to do something. My next step, I, I really want it to be... I really want it to be meaningful and I want to create beauty and I want it to create beauty responsibly mm -hmm. and add something to people's life in a meaningful way. So I have some, I have some projects that I'm working on, but I want to make sure that it's right before I pour my heart and soul into it. Mm hmm. Yeah, you've you've had your year with the kids and with the family being quite hunkered down and I can feel the entrepreneurial and creative energy, you know, coming back roaring. So, you know, very 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 excited and curious to see what will be next for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too. Thanks for listening to the Collab Career Stories. Follow us on social media at join the collab and join us so you can tell your story.